0: Coming up on today's show, Abel Gaber's had quite the weekend. There's more Resident Evil news and Mario Rivera is here. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday morning live at twitch.tv slash Games at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Yes. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Hi, Britt. Good Hi. to see you. Hi. And special guest Mario Rivera is here.
1: Hey. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Thank you so much. This is a fantastic opportunity. Thank you so much.
0: Well we are glad that you are here because somebody has turned a nerd out with Brit about this upcoming news that we're gonna talk about in just a few minutes. Yes! Wait, yeah. we could just do a whole episode of Brit faces. Just all Brit faces, the whole episode.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean you wanna fund my Botox after that, Andrea. Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> be careful the more we talk about botox the more one-star reviews we get apparently. oh yeah
2: we oh, got a no. one-star review because i talked about how i got botox oh, when was this like i don't know a long time ago months, and months, months ago, ago. <laughs> yeah it's someone's like that's that's not good body image for young women to talk about botox i'm like oh i'm sorry and i didn't realize like, taking control of my body and doing what i want to do with it was not good for women sorry Sorry.
0: Listen, your face, your choice. You That's do what it. you want with That's it. it. I mean, I don't That's want our wrinkles. motto. Yeah.
2: No. yeah. Anyway.
0: Um, well, Mario, we're so glad that you're here. For folks that are watching either live on Twitch or that are listening on podcast services or at YouTube.com/slash What's Good Games, can you tell us a little bit about what you do as the video manager of Dual Shockers?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So at Dual Shockers, I am the primary person that will be managing the different aspects of different team of like editorials reviews and converting them into video products for our YouTube channel, um, as well as some original content when it comes to discussion, very podcasty, like we haven't really got an official podcast. I'm trying to convince them to do that. That'd be really great. But ultimately, yes, it's to, uh, facilitate people to bring their, their articles to life. Um, that's what been primarily what we've been doing this, uh, last year that I've been doing this for the channel and really trying to just give it an identity. So that's pretty much the main goal is just to bring uh, dual shockers to light with the YouTube channel. So I've been trying to do that as much as I possibly can.
2: Nice. Well,
0: that's yeah. awesome. And is a lot of work as somebody who used yes. to be a video manager, like way, way back in the <laughs> day. Um, it's, it's something that I think a lot of outlets need and is necessary, but is usually like the unsung hero role of making any video channel run. So thumbs up to you, Mario.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: We do have just a couple of quick announcements. Our Patreon exclusive streams are going to be happening this Saturday. Times will be yet to be determined. So keep your eye on patreon.com slash what's good games if you want to get on our happy hour Q&A or our after hour stream. Or of course you can always follow us on Twitter at what's good underscore games. And next week on Monday's live show, Jeff Kanata will be joining us. So if you guys missed it over the weekend, yesterday in fact, I guested on DLC, Jeff Kanata and Kristen Spicer's podcast and it was a super fun time. We talked about all the games that we've been playing for the console launch. So please do go check out that episode and then Jeff is going to come guest on our show because Brit, I realize that you, Steimer, and me have all guested on DLC, but we haven't had Jeff on the show yet. I know, that's kind of messed up. But we'll, we'll fix it, and we will be good. That's awesome. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, so he does guy, have two small happens. children that we have to work
2: around, so. I mean, I have a dog.
0: That's true, but I would imagine that Reb's schedule isn't as strict as, say,
2: you know, a two-year-old's. No, you're right. I, yeah, you know, that, that was, just, just move on, Andrea, that was bad. <laughs> let's <laughs> just move on to take anything
0: away from fur babies fur no babies it's are okay
2: he, Listen, he was potty trained in like six days and i know kids are crapping their pants until they're like 18 it's fine, it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen if you're allowing your child to crap their pants until they're 18 you have some parenting issues that you maybe need to work out that's all i'm saying yeah, <clears throat> yeah. seems like social awkwardness and that kid's gonna have a rough go of it in life just food for thought. Maybe don't poop your pants. Yeah, or Consider star in an me. Adam
1: Sandler movie. It's one or the other.
0: <laughs> or
1: that. Yeah.
0: Or that. Let's get to the news, shall <laughs> we? Because we have some really fun news to talk about uh, and to get our show started with. So, you guys know that we had been raising money to help our friend Steven Spawn of Able Gamers to get to his $1 million birthday goal that he kicked off with his friend Ryan Reynolds, which feels like ages ago but really was only about like a, 2 months ago and then over the weekend GlitchCon happened because no actual IRL TwitchCon could happen this year they did GlitchCon which they featured a bunch of cool creators including front of the show Zombie Kills who finally got her partner status congratulations Yay! to Zombie and Steven Spawn was also featured on stream where they gifted him well not him but Able
2: Gamers one million dollars. Brittany, would you mind reading <sighs> these details? Absolutely, so fucking cool. So this comes from IGN, Twitch to donate one million to Able Gamers to help gamers with disabilities. So, Twitch has committed to donate $1 million to the Able Gamers Charity to help, quote, change the lives of thousands of people with disabilities. Steven Spahn, the COO of Able Gamers, had a goal for his 40th birthday to raise $1 million for the Able Gamers Charity, a group that utilizes funds to bring inclusion and improved quality of life for people with disabilities through the power of video games. As of a few hours before the announcement, Spawn's initiative had earned over $150,000 in donations, and Dr. Lupo helped reveal that Twitch would be donating extra $1 million to able gamers to help make a difference for so many around the world. This is so fucking cool. And then yes yesterday, so yesterday, if you have missed it, there was the 2020 Video Game Accessibility Awards. That was yesterday, correct?
1: That, yeah, so that happened, yes, yeah, okay. it happened. Yeah. Okay.
2: I can't keep track of my days. All right. <laughs> so this comes from GameSpot. So we're going to talk a little bit about that now. So the presentation was hosted by Alana Pierce, a friend of the show, love her so much, and able gamer Steven Spawn, with a panel of presenters including several Twitch streamers, fellow accessibility advocates, and voice actor Troy Baker. The awards included categories like Same Controls but Different and Clear Text. The presenters each gave a brief explanation of the category and then following each announcement, Spawn walked viewers through how each category solves for a specific accessibility problem. For example, the second channel category, which was won by The Last of Us Part 2, honored games that offered an alternative or additional way of accessing game information for player for game yeah, for players who can't access it through in-game tools. The Last of Us Part 2 was the only game to receive more than one award, but lots of Lots of this year's biggest games were represented in represented in at least one of the categories. You can watch the full stream and check out the list of winners at GameSpot.com and watch the whole stream on Alana's YouTube channel. Oh guy, Charlana. Charlana I can never say it.
1: Char-Lana-zard?
2: Yeah. Charlanazard. Yeah, Charlanazard. Like zard but with Alana I, right I know, in the I keep just yeah. wanna saying Charizard, and then I just get Charlolala and then it gets all fucked up. Anyway. And thank
0: you, um, PSW, for putting the link to the full show in the Twitch chat for people who are joining us live. Um, I can't believe Alana didn't mention this when she was on the show last yeah. week. <gasps> I know that she's got a lot going on. Yes. And actually, she said that today was going to be the day that she announced her new gig. Has she made that announcement yet? She has not.
1: No, she said something about six hours ago that said, yeah, it was today, so we'll see.
0: Yes, so she told us um, on Wednesday that the announcement of her announcement is that she was going to announce at some point today. I don't know if she's still sticking with that plan. She obviously has been incredibly busy, and the amount of charitable work that she's been doing has been just wonderful, and she's great. If you guys didn't check out Friday's show with her... Myself and Steimer, please do. It was fun. Unfortunately, it was a little on the short side, but that's because we only had a very brief time with her because <laughs> she's busy. And I feel like she's making a run for my title, busiest thing the <laughs> business. And I feel like I have to give it to her. I feel like I just need to like pass the torch because she's definitely busier than I am. Um, which is by design. I'm intentionally trying not to be so busy anymore these days. But um, shout out to Steven and Spawn and to Able Gamers. We love those guys over there. They're doing great work. And to Alana for working with them to set the Accessibility Awards up. So um, just some fun news to kick off our Monday. Yay. And some even more fun news to kick off our Monday. Xbox. Series X and S was the biggest Xbox launch ever ever. So this write-up comes from Eurogamer. Microsoft has trumpeted that their new launch is the biggest in history, though they're not providing specific sales figures, which of course they haven't been doing. Phil Spencer broke the news on Twitter saying thank you for supporting the largest launch in Xbox history. In 24 hours, more new consoles sold in more countries than ever before. We're working with retail to resupply as quickly as possible, and you continue to show us the connective power of play is more important than ever the mention of more countries this time around is also important to note xbox series s and x arrived on the same day in 37 markets compared to just 13 for xbox one don't expect sales numbers anytime in the future though even if xbox overtakes playstation this generation which i mean i kind of find that hard to believe but we'll see Uh, Spencer says I can promise you I won't do that In the last year We've had Google And Amazon And now Facebook Announcing They're coming Into our gaming space I'm not going to go Compete with their numbers Based on how many Xbox Series X I've sold Google is never Going to talk about How many Chromecast Pros they sold They're going to talk About how many Players they have Uh Quote I think people Who want to pit us Against Sony Based on who sold The most consoles Lose the context Of what gaming Is about today There are 3 billion people who play games on the planet, but maybe only 200 million households that have a video game console. In a way, the console space is becoming a smaller and smaller percentage of the overall gaming pie. What do you think about that, Mario?
1: Well, uh, as much as I'm happy that this is their biggest launch and hopefully as many people can get an Xbox Series X as they possibly can, that's exciting. Um, In the same way that I think that um, Spencer even said, like they're not going to be saying numbers because I believe that I don't think it also necessarily matters if you have the system or not, because I think the ecosystem is primarily based on XCloud and Game Pass um, to be able to play wherever you want and anywhere. So the fact that this system has now launched on you know on its on its launch week into thirty seventh, it's pretty big. I mean, I remember watching the original launch for three sixty on G four. So it's cool that mm-hmm. you know this is something, <laughs> you know, um, some good news for this year. But ultimately, yeah, I, I still think that. They're not playing the same game that they were playing years before where it's all based on consoles because they know they've they've learned their lesson last last year – last uh, generation, I should say. Um, But yeah, in terms of how many people are playing, I think that's their end goal at the end of the day.
2: Very exciting. It is a cool time to be a gamer. I feel like every fucking PR <laughs> speak says that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I think the biggest launch, I read this, was from their Xbox One launch. And that was over a million sold in 24 hours. Uh-huh. So it's not incredibly exciting, not to be Debbie Downer here, but it's not incredibly like, oh my God, that they would overtake that scene as that, that only launched in like, what, 13 countries and this launched in 37. So of course you expect that they would sell more. But like, regardless, it's so cool cool especially seeing that we're in the middle of a pandemic that you know obviously the demand for consoles is just like going up 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 and i think nintendo can attest for that we don't have it in the news but they have been the top selling console for 23 months now i think i i think it's yeah that's that's what i read too yeah yeah so i mean cool let's go go on through bad self xbox Yeah, Yeah, It was interesting. Last night on DLC,
0: Christian was making a good point about how many gamers this generation haven't yet paid to upgrade to Xbox Series X or S because they have Game Pass Ultimate and they're PC players. And there really isn't a reason if you have a gaming PC to get into the console market just yet because there isn't an exclusive that really is a driver to buy that game because Game Pass works on so many different devices, especially with xCloud integration happening as well. And I thought that that was a really valid point because clearly Microsoft is going to make more money in the long term by selling Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate subscriptions and getting those people on the hook paying that monthly fee than they are going to be selling... A- 300 or 500 dollar box one time right mm-hmm. we all know that software is what drives profitability for all of the console makers in the long term but that you know selling hardware also can be profitable but Xbox has had this position for a long time now so it's not surprising but i i am a little like skeptical that if they are able to overtake Sony or Nintendo that the stockholders of microsoft wouldn't want to hear that the company is doing so well publicly to if nothing else drive shareholder value but
1: no i time I, will tell i guess yeah i absolutely agree with you the moment that you find out that they're they're somewhat in the lead they're going to talk about it cuz playstation talked about it i mean as much as that there's not a competition between the two, there really are, uh, especially when it comes to uh, like Google Stadia and stuff like that. Like, I mean, yeah, they, they are going to say that, like, they're not going to tell somebody Chromecast, but at the same time, it's like when you hear that number and it is a large number, you're going to say something. But at the end of the day, they're still focusing on that subscriber base. And I think that's going to be the more impressive number at the at the end all. Like, I'm, I'm able to play uh, Tell Me Why on my phone via xCloud, you know, and I don't actually need the system necessarily. Or I can play majority of the games like on on my pc if i want with ultimate game pass so like i said i think that is definitely going to be the focus of this generation going forward but yeah i I'm, I'm very curious uh what the numbers end up being i'm always a sucker for when they have like PlayStation sold 70 million xbox we don't know you know so we'll see
2: mario do you think the series s will ultimately outsell the series x
1: that is a solid question, and that's actually something interesting because I actually come from a GameStop background, mm-hmm. and people rely on the discs, um, especially in the pre in the in the pre-owned market when people are families and need discounts and stuff like that. So, while I think the S is such a great value in terms of how much it costs. At the end of the day, can families uh, subsidize that when it comes to like buying games? Because I mean, not a lot of not a lot of people ask for the digital sales from what I remember playing uh, working at games. Uh, yeah, GameStop. Mm-hmm. So that's that's to me where it stems from. Is like I think the pre-owned. I, I think uh, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm honestly hard it's, to it's, say, right? It's really hard to say, but I, I that's why I want to come from the GameStop perspective of people playing games with discs and the resale value. But again, when it comes to new. It's it's I don't know. It's hard to say.
2: I think as yeah. Xbox pushes Game Pass, I think that's when you're yes. gonna really start seeing the Series S skyrocket. I think right now you have all the enthusiasts getting the Series X, right? They want the big, yeah. the big refrigerator box, all the big floppity flip, flip, terra floppity flops. But yeah, I think as they push Game Pass, you're gonna see everyone be like, okay, yeah. well, if I can save GameStop's someone. happy,
1: I'm not working there anymore because I don't like. You want to buy a game? It's on Game Pass. Like, why would you buy? <laughs> <laughs> the game?
0: Well, I I think like it's a uh, it's. The conversation about digital ownership is absolutely something that needs to be, you know, reminded that we need to not let that go by the wayside, but yeah. I think it's also about looking at overall costs. You know, a lot of families can't afford yet one more subscription added to their list, right? True. And so I think what they need to balance is, you know, what kind of value are we getting and are these games that we're going to use because I think we all have been guilty of Maintaining a subscription to something that was valuable to us at one point, but now we're paying for it and not using it. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) all the time. Um, So it's just like, is it going to maintain its value over time if you don't want to go back and continually play old games and Microsoft isn't releasing new games on Game Pass as often as they potentially should be or could be? You know what I mean? So I think that it's all about looking at what your budget is and what kind of value you're going to get out of it. And if digital ownership is something that you're okay with instead of having a disc that you're going to, to own. But it's like with the online connectivity that so many disc games even require these days, it's, I feel, I fear it's going to be a moot conversation <laughs> in the not-too-distant future anyway. Yeah.
1: That's your okay. point.
0: But let's move on... To what I believe is going to be Brit's favorite story oh. of the week. <laughs> uh, do you
2: want to talk about this or do you want me to read this? You can read it and I can grunt along.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, so this story leaked over the weekend. Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village launch date has been leaked in a massive Capcom ransomware attack, which is not good, not good. obviously. That's not what I'm no. grunting about. Um, not, not grunting not about all. that. No. no, no grunting about ransomware attacks. Those are bad. Uh, Capcom's plans for new games, including Resident Evil Village's launch, plus source code for some games, which is bad, and other corporate financial secrets were leaked overnight Sunday by a ransomware attack that began on November 2nd. The company confirmed the attack, but not the leaked details, of course. In a news release on Monday morning, today, mourning that the personal information of as many as 350,000 persons had been compromised. This potentially includes information for both customers, shareholders, and employees. A, consum of the ranso- a copy of the ransom note Capcom received was posted to Reset Era. A group called Ragnar Locker claimed responsibility. The BBC reported, I should mention that this story is being written by Polygon, indicated that Capcom had refused to pay the ransom. Obviously, you don't, you know. <laughs> You don't negotiate. Uh, users on Recent Era also noted that some of the information appears to come from 2018, so Capcom's plans for the games mentioned may have changed since then. Um, considering that the pandemic happened this year, I'm yeah. pretty sure all of their plans have changed. <laughs> According to the ransom leaked, Resident Evil Village was planned for April 2021. Monster Hunter Stories 2 was also slated for 2021 in June on Nintendo Switch and will launch on PC as well. There's also a Battle Royale-type multiplayer Resident Evil on the way, according to leaked information. An Ace Attorney collection for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch is said to be in the works. And Monster Hunter Rise will follow its March 2021 launch on Switch with an October 2021 launch on PC. Now, most intriguing, the hackers exposed payments made to Capcom for putting its games on certain platforms, which is... Something that we very rarely ever see is those kind of inner business deals happening. Internal documents said Google Stadia paid Capcom $10 million for Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8, and Sony paid $5 million to Capcom to make Resident Evil 7 for PlayStation VR, plus a timed exclusive on the game's DLC. So (gasps) while the way we got the leak is bad, and they should feel bad, and... It's not good when people's personal information is leaked by ransomware, by hackers. I still think this information is interesting. It
2: is, isn't it? Like you said, especially those uh, little that, those deals. Those little little deals. Listen, Andrea, here's what we need to do. I love What's Good Games. It's fantastic. But I say we quit the podcast, we make a video game, and then have these fuckers pay us millions of dollars to put it on their platform.
0: Um, hmm... You know, I feel like this is a good idea in theory, <laughs> but I've never made a video game before. Have you? No, but I'm really good at Microsoft Paint. So I absolutely. feel absolutely. That's absolutely. it. We're just gonna do a Microsoft Paint simulator. It'll be perfect.
2: <laughs> no, this is really interesting. So, an in April release date for Resident Evil Village. I feel like that's out of the question now. I feel like if. They were so close to an April 2021 launch date. We would have heard about it by now. That's not that far away. And so I I can't see that happening. I well, think that's
1: it. Uh, a- unless we hear something at Game Awards. Like, if, if that was going to be the time that they might have said something.
2: You think so? Ah, that's, that's a fair point. I oh, mean, yeah. Game Awards is
0: less than a month away now. Yeah, I maybe mean,
1: weeks. But I'm trying to remember when... Um, Resident Evil, it was either 2, w- w- January. It was actually 7, actually, if I'm not mistaken. It came out in January, but mm-hmm. it was it was revealed only like a couple months. it was actually it was at E3, if I'm not mistaken. But the Resident date the,
2: 7, yeah. The,
1: but did we get the date that day as well?
2: I don't remember, but I do remember I don't think so. Resident okay. Evil 3 Remake. Remember when that was announced during yes. one of Sony's State of Play? And then they did announce the release date, which wasn't that far off. so yeah i mean game awards is possible but i don't know just something in my gut tells me that it's it's not gonna happen i hope it happens i really truly do because that's not far off but yeah i don't know Mm, i just don't think that's happening oh well um this other interesting news mark so mario's a resident evil fan yeah so this is i feel like i'm among my people right now which is there what about this battle royale multiplayer resident evil game that's i can't
1: I can't even fathom because it's funny. Uh, the other multiplayer game that I've played recently was, of course, the Resident Evil Three um, uh, mode that had you know sort of like a asymmetrical style gameplay. And yeah. as well, while as much as like I'm glad that was a part of the the package that they had there, I didn't really play it that much. So that's what I've, makes me scared about the battle royale thing. And honestly, I can't even fathom it. Like, is it a hundred survivors in in the city, like which would be kind of cool, or is it like what exactly like do you die and you become a zombie and you have to fight everybody? Like, what exactly right. could you go with this? Yeah. Do you, are you dropping in? Are you like, what is what is going on?
2: Yeah, unless it's kind of the idea of you can play as a survivor as a human, or perhaps mm-hmm. you can play as one of the bioweapons, right? But in which case, I feel like you'd have a disaster of balancing that, because if you think about like the nemesis or the tyrant, you know, versus like a little plebe zombie, like how do you even make those go hand to hand? Or unless you just take like the iconic scenes from the franchise, like Raccoon City or maybe the underground labs or whatnot, and you just put survivors in there. Like, I don't know. It seems like an interesting concept, but I'm not sure how they would pull that off.
1: I'm trying to that? break away from the idea from 100 people. It probably won't be 100 people I mean, running Can you around?
2: imagine like 100 oh my people God. in the lab? Hmm. Yeah.
1: Interesting. But I can see like 30 to 40 maybe in a small area. Like if it's a town setting or if it's a village setting. You know, whatever it ends up being. A um, village
2: setting, you say? Yeah, yeah yes. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that I didn't see mentioned in here, unless I just totally missed it, was the rumor of, a, of Resident Evil 4 going to Oculus. Uh, that was oh, some of the other articles that I had read. That was one of the other things. Yeah, which is I feel like if Resident Evil Four goes anywhere, you think it would be PlayStation VR. You wouldn't think Oculus.
0: Yeah, knowing yeah. their relationship with PlayStation and how they've announced, you know, a couple of the last Resident Evil titles on PlayStation platforms, that would make sense. But Oculus has been paying quite a bit of money for titles for Quest and for just the main Oculus platform as well. So, um, wouldn't be surprising if Capcom wanted to, you know, <laughs> make that money, because <laughs> why not? But I, I agree with you, Brittany. It would make more sense for PSVR.
2: It'd be a badass, because, you know, PSVR 2.0 launch title. It would be good. How oh, in, in the, the sense thing of that we Resident don't Evil think 7. Exists, but maybe exists? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who could say? Yeah. Who could say? <laughs> but... Interesting thought, though, if they do put Resident Evil 4 in VR, because Resident Evil 4 is, like, a really close over-the-shoulder, right, that would have to completely overhaul the entire, not overhaul the entire game, that's an exaggeration, but the perspective would greatly have to change, right? Have you played Resident Evil 4, Mario?
1: Uh, This year. Uh, Okay, okay, so you're fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very fresh on it. So actually, yeah, I'm very positive on that game. I I, I went through my, I was t- I was saying before the show, I was like, I went through my Resident Evil Odyssey of all the ones that I missed out because I decided to just stop uh, after a certain point. Uh, finished four, finish five. Skip six as I played it with a friend years ago. And honestly, yeah. do we need to talk about six? Uh, no. Let's, let's no. not talk about no. six. Seven, which was also uh really great way. Well, I just finished on stream playing it for Halloween. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, It'd be interesting to see if uh, the gameplay in terms of like just playing like the standard mode of like over the shoulder similar to RE3 and RE uh, 2 remake, mm-hmm. I would not mind that to be like the main, and then the optional experience is to go first person if they're able to you know to combine those aspects. I'm not sure if it's possible, I'm not a game developer, but hey, if, if they're gonna put some support to it, I, I don't see why not. Especially I'm very curious like how different the remake might be in comparison to the original. Because the original uh-huh. is very fun. But also very, very silly.
2: (laughs) So out of there. And I think when we get Village, I think it's going to be just as silly. I think Village's silliness (laughs) might put Resident Evil 4 silliness to to shame. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, I just want a cart ride. This is Bring the cart back.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Ah. That was therapeutic. Thanks, Andrew. You're a trooper.
0: You know what? I'm here to help you enjoy your best Resident Evil life, Britt. Let's whatever see, i can do that's a true friend you just let me know and speaking of brit living her best life oh man i guess technically this is not <laughs> you living your best life no. cuz you don't live in japan why oh. does <laughs> japan get all the cool shit is literally in bold and in caps in the show now <laughs> you would have put that everything
1: up? is in japan
0: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so japan speaking of japan gets a final fantasy VII remake action stealth is escape room
2: style game? Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Did I did I read that correctly? Yeah, I think you did. I'm happy to read this if you want to get the video going, which is yeah, pretty fucking Yeah, please cute. do. Okay, so it's this rare. comes from Destructoid. So Japan is getting a real-life Final Fantasy VII remake experience at the Tokyo Mystery Circus in Shinjuku. It's a quest to blow up the Mako reactor as as up to three people sneak around the Shinra compound casting materia spells and dodging soldiers. Like, this sounds like everything I've ever wanted in my life. There's a 30 minute time limit, but getting shot by Shinra will subtract from the time. It's an escape room type thing, but with more emphasis on stealth and action than on puzzles. There may be some mind benders as the description on the game site says players need to quote, break through gimmicks and traps while hiding themselves from the enemy. It's officially called a real infiltration game. And so this debuts in December. In Japan, and right now they're showing just some. Yeah, look at this, look at this, friends. So if you're just listening on you know, <laughs> you know, audio, it's it's showing all these like it's showing these fun people like going around, pretending and larping around in this room. They're crawling around on shit. They're hiding behind things. Like it's this is what I want. This is like what <laughs> I want in my life. Like
0: please. Well, maybe if it does well in Japan. Please. It'll come here, but I think we can all agree that the United States is not ready for any kind of IRL escape room experiences.
2: It was crazy. (laughs) I was reading about this, and it's like, (laughs) it's debuting in December, and I'm like, that's in a couple weeks. What the fuck? And then I looked at Japan's COVID cases, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's why. They're doing a lot better than we are right now. Turns out a lot of the world is
0: doing pretty good with COVID cases, except for us. We're just on fire because, you know, people just want to be dumb. Yeah,
1: perspective. Nice
2: Japan has 119,000 total cases of COVID. The U.S. has 11.1 1 million <laughs> cases, or has had. It's just bonkers. Um, so yeah. meanwhile, you know, all the Japanese folks out there are going to be living their best life, pretending that they're, you know, fucking shin, you know, infiltrating Shinra, and then here we are infiltrating <laughs> our houses for like the eighth month in a row.
0: You know, we could make it up on our own if you wanted to. Okay. Yeah,
1: cardboard and everything, it to be fucking
0: great. Go. Let's build. go. No one's stopping you from LARPing in your fairy ring outside, Brittany.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen Ant-Man the Wasp. He does that for his daughter in the beginning of the movie, and it's beautiful. So yeah, oh, why not? Yeah. yeah,
2: you're right. I mean, maybe I need to summon all the gods in the middle of my fairy ring outside. Maybe it'll have some benefit to my life.
0: <laughs> if you guys are confused about Britt's fairy ring, she mentioned it on a show, a couple shows back that she has like a literal mushroom ring growing in her front yard. I do.
2: It just sprouted out of nowhere. I'm like, this is a sign. So Steinberg told me that I need to go frolic around in it and take a video for her. So I will, but... I mean, she did say you had to be naked. That's true. But, you know... I mean, listen, sacrifices must be made. (laughs) If this means that we get this real life. Slap
0: on that candy corn bikini that you may or may not have, and it'll it'll be fine.
2: (laughs) And I think for my waifu, listen, friends, you know, at long distance relationships like Simon and I, you know, we're the waifus, it's hard to maintain. And sometimes you got to keep things fresh. And sometimes that means you got to dance naked in the middle of a mushroom ring and outside your front door. And, you know, if that's what keeps the flame alive, it's okay. I know I'm not the only one in this situation right now.
1: No, many people are doing that.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Nancy Naked in fairy (laughs) rings. Oh, God. Exactly. Uh.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, We do have a couple Uh. of quick news items before we get into some of your questions and chat a little bit more with Mario. So you guys may have seen over the weekend that Ghost of Tsushima set a new record as PlayStation's fastest-selling original PS4 exclusive with more than 5 million copies sold since its release in July, according to PlayStation Worldwide Studios head Herman Halst. So that is incredible to hear. Ghost of Tsushima just hey. kick and booty. And I downloaded it on my PS5 and I cannot <gasps> wait to check it out because I've heard oh. that the visual upgrade is stunning. Oh my God. The Ooh, game was already I didn't stunning. See
2: that. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm okay. so excited too. This bodes very well for whatever the future of that IP is. I think it was just last month, Sucker Punch had posted a Job for a narrative, like a writer for their games, and they needed to have a desire to write stories in feudal Japan. And I mean, of course, that could Ooh. be DLC, it could be a sequel if we're lucky, but I think there's a lot of potential there. So, this is very, very good news.
1: Yeah, and I wonder how much of the sales were boosted by the fact that people are trapped in their houses. So, and the fact that people need more options to play. Joseph Shemus was right there, perfectly, perfectly at the right time, um, especially right just after um, Last of Us. So, by all means, you know, congratulations to Sucker Punch on that. That's really yeah. cool. I, I love Sucker Punch and uh, the infamous game. So, this was uh, a nice uh, delight to see them succeed and continue on. So, yeah. and to and do I something different, it. yeah, yeah.
0: Did you check out Legends, the free multiplayer update? So
1: I I opted out only because. Um, when you play Ghost of Tsushima, it takes over your life in terms of all the things you can do because there's always so many foxes you can get and so that's many uh, bandanas. Uh, so I, I felt like I was putting more time in Ghosts than I was in uh, Persona 5. So <laughs> I was like <laughs> – And what's an, wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's just that I was like, wait a minute, but I still haven't finished Persona 5 Royal. And I'm like, please, I have to try other games. Other games have to exist. And that's nothing wrong. It's a, I, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic game. But um, didn't you
0: already play Persona 5?
1: I, play, I beat Persona 5, but I want to go through Royal because of all the extra new stuff.
0: Uh, mm, gotcha. Yes. Yeah.
2: Gotcha.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, for Ghosts, I decided I'm going to wait. And then now I have the PS5, and that's the perfect time where I'm going to play it. Oh, uh, I'm going to play it on the yeah. PS5. It's my new, that's why I thought it was actually going to drop for PS5. So I'm happy that it's here.
0: I do want to make a caveat that it is the backwards compatible version, but because of the way that PlayStation 5 upresses, because I don't believe it is in the PlayStation Plus collection that has launched. It's going to probably not join that collection, I would guess, for at least another six to 12 months. Because, you know, Sony wants to keep selling copies of that game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But congrats. So now that makes Spider-Man PS4 the fastest selling um, exclusive that is licensed. And then I believe Ghost of Tsushima is the fastest selling that is original. So two fantastic games that you can play on your PS5 if you have one. Or your PS4 if you've got one of those too. Yes. Um... Also, speaking of PlayStation games, Deathloop has a new release date of May 21st, 2021. So we got the news that this game was going to be a little bit delayed. I think May is a great time. I'm excited to play Deathloop. It looks cool. It's from Arkane and Bethesda. And I believe it'll probably be the last of the Bethesda exclusives that they do with PlayStation because obviously that deal was done before the Bethesda-Microsoft deal was announced. Um, So keep your eye out for that. And then, sadly, US Gamer had budget cuts that resulted in layoffs. So our heart goes out to all of those people that were affected. Many people, including EIC... Cat Bailey announced that they were made redundant and that they will no longer be working with US Gamer at the end of the year But um, so if you see any of those folks um, make sure you let them know that if you liked their work because that's important when budget cuts happen it's a bummer but it's interesting because ReadPop is the one who actually owns US Gamer now and I have no doubt that hmm. is, you know, gutting this year because of the pandemic absolutely had something to do with it yeah. so yeah. it's just a big bummer well, so we just want to let you guys know we're thinking about you, and we hope that you all find wonderful new homes. Writing about video games and keep inspiring people's lives.
2: That's all. Um, I think I got everything. Yeah, sounds right. Unless yeah. something huge yeah. has happened since we started the show, but you know, I don't think that's did a lot to make her announcement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she uh, would do see. it now during your show.
0: I, you she know, she would. She would to Twitter. Well, let's we tried see. to get her to announce it. No live on the show live on the show and she was like i can't yet and i, I can't like, confirm right. she is not
1: working at dual shockers so <laughs> can't confirm well,
0: that that limits everything who could say <gasps> well you know the beacon
1: of the internet he, dual shockers and
0: here i thought i was gonna win that bet um <laughs> okay so let's move on to dear wgg so this is where we take your guys's questions you can either drop them in the chat or you can write to us at what's good slash dear wgg the benefit of using the website, if you're a podcast or YouTube listener, is that it allows us to keep your questions. So if we can't get to them on a specific show, we can go back to them at any point. But we will keep an eye on the chat as well. Oh, yes, stream with luck. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought up G4. G4 did mention that they're doing a reunion special. Yes, I did see that. Which is happening. Did you guys see the teaser this morning? Yeah, Ron no. punches yeah with Ron Funches let mm-hmm. me pull it up but Mara you want to tell Britt about it tell me all uh, about
1: it yeah it was like a, a general teaser to be uh, for Ron Funches to be like I'm going to be your celebrity host and I'm going to I want to bring back everyone for G4 for charity um, and of course after the video came out every every single one of the main people basically saying yeah I definitely want to be a part of this so um, uh, Adam Sessler of course uh, Morgan Webb um, they showed uh, Olivia Munn so that'd be interesting I'm very excited to see if she would come for this um, and then of course uh, Kevin Pereira so so Ooh. that would be cool. Um, I'm, I'm curious if I talk to uh, Rihanna about it. If what's 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 going on with that. I
0: don't know. I don't know if she'll be able to. I know <laughs> she will definitely I.
1: not be able to tell me anything. Um,
0: <laughs> but I'm I'm a little hard pressed to believe that they haven't been talking to these people. Like, lol, cool. I think it's cute that you guys were like, please yeah. reach out to us and let us know if you'd like to do this as if it didn't have this planned.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and specifically oh, bringing up month too. You're being cheeky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, But I love that they're doing it for charity. I think that that's great, raising money for good causes. So hopefully we'll learn more about what those causes are and what exactly this reunion is going to be all about. But, yeah, the idea of bringing Olivia Munn back is an interesting one, especially considering that she kind of had a contentious exit from G4. Bridget, yeah.
2: did you ever watch G4? I did not like every day or anything, but it was Attack of the Show. It was something yes, that I saw back in the day. That's actually what inspired me to start writing about video games. It was their E3 oh, 2000. Wow. Yeah, it was their E3 2009 coverage. So wow. yeah, it just so happened that I used to commute two hours each way to work. I am at not home. here
1: with huh? that G4. I am not here without G4. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, yeah, Uh, definitely. So it'd be cool to see. It's exciting to think about what the future of this whole network is going to be. Yeah. Well, Mario, I want to hear about this. What do you mean you wouldn't be here without G4?
1: Uh, Well, without G4 and tech TV specifically and screensavers and Alex Albrecht and Kevin Rose and all those people beforehand, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be in games and games media without G4 um, without them and growing up and watching those shows every day um, on tech on, on, a, on a cable channel and seeing people play video games and talk about video games and electric playground like all that stemmed from early childhood, which led then to like revision three and knowing Jeff Kanata uh, from totally rad show to later getting into IGN and kind of funny and that all started with G4 and tech TV and and I'm very happy to have them come back in and possible new uh, opportunities for creators like me so we'll we'll see how that goes um but yeah i'm happy that g4 is back into doing this for charity i think that's really sweet
2: yeah
0: same yeah same z's um <laughs> well i guess we'll keep a i guess we'll keep an eye out and see exactly you know what they're gonna do and who they're gonna get back and yeah. i think it'll be fun i like that it's like a thanksgiving special so clearly it's happening soon <laughs> did they give a
1: date not no, no it just see. says g4 yeah.
0: holiday reunion special hmm oh, but wow. i mean it's got to be it's got to <laughs> be
1: soon next, what <laughs>
0: 10 days because thanksgiving Holy is shit. next week so yeah. we will um we will keep an eye on that um since you're here and you both love resident evil i thought yes. maybe we could take ian's question oh yeah oh yeah so this is a question that we get from time to time particularly on the patreon streams but ian wrote into patreon.com or not patreon.com excuse me what's good slash and said Brittany. I just got allowed to play Resident Evil. I love the game. I'm playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's so much fun. What game in the series should I play next? Thanks and love your show. Oh,
2: Mario, I'll pass to you since you are just like the Resident Evil guru now. And then I'll pipe in.
1: Uh, So I actually tried to start with the remake um, of the original Resident Evil game, the GameCube version. Uh Um, And I got so far, and then I got lost. So what I'm going (laughs) to say is I'm not necessarily going to recommend that one, even though as much as it's a classic and everyone should play it and try their best. If you've already played two, you're kind of maybe invested already with the Leon story. If you were, for some reason, have no interest in learning about Jill Valentine, (laughs) maybe jump straight to four. But uh i will say that if you see it's hard right because i actually have somewhat contention with resident evil 3 this year in terms of what i felt that it did as a remake but i but i'm gonna go with my original answer which is if you are connected to leon in any way maybe try four i think four is pretty accessible um and then skip six that's all (laughs) that's pretty much what i'll say start at four skip six
2: Plastic oh, no. face. She's like, oh no, what? oh no. Skip Resident Evil 1 HD remake. Mario, have you <laughs> lost your mind? What's wrong with you? I'm playing kind of not really. Uh, interesting, but that is definitely a fair take. And I will respect your opinion, although I will very.
1: very I'm also trying to it. predict Like you said <laughs> you got permission to play Resident Evil 2. So I'm like, uh, maybe your mind will happen with 3 be better, 4? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that,
2: that, that could be a language barrier thing. I'm not entirely sure. but. Yeah interesting so it could be a young person who
0: got permission from their parents to play a pretty scary gory game that's no for sure
1: and that's why i was like if they want to go on that same track i think resident evil 3 and 4 follow that track of resident evil remake so that's why i'm going in that direction as much as i love you know resident evil 1 and you know jill don't open up that door like i love that game to death
2: (laughs) do you do you okay no so here's the thing like yeah I if you like because here's the thing, it's all the classic, aka in my opinion, the best Resident Evil's play in that kind of old tanky style, top-down view where you, you know, walk in one direction one way, and the camera's fixated and there's shiny objects on the ground. It's very different formula, right, than the remake of Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. And if that to you does not sound appealing, if it's, if you're playing for the gameplay perspective of it, I would say like, yeah, you can probably skip. Resident Evil 0, Resident Evil 1, and then I guess from there it would go to Code Veronica, which would break my heart because I love Code Veronica and it doesn't get enough love. But that is just my humble opinion. And then you could move on to 4 to 5. I mean, 6 is interesting. I think you should experience it as a rite of passage because we've all had to play it. It's not terrible. It's just different, you know. And then obviously 7 Biohazard, I think, is a really great new iteration into the series. But if you if you find yourself like really into the lore of Resident Evil, right? So like, what's the deal with Raccoon City? How did they get to where they are? What is the Spencer Estate? What is the origin story of Jill and Chris and Rebecca and Wesker? And who are these people, right? I would say definitely check out the first game while the mechanics are a little you know a little older I personally think it still holds up really well a friend of the show Molly Bittner just recently played through I think all of the Resident Evils and she also really enjoyed the first one as well after she I think she played the first one then she hopped into the second one but anyway if you're into the store the store the story go back to one play one and then hop into three and then you can move on but you know it's all about a personal opinion the opinions are great. They're like buttholes. Everyone has one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, uh, to bring back, because you brought up, brought up Code Veronica, and I love playing Code Veronica on the Dreamcast, um, it is oh. available on PS4, if I'm not mistaken, as like a, a downloadable thing. So yeah, you can play that game. That mm-hmm. game's great.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And worth mentioning that Resident Evil Remake is, again, like, kind of like you were just saying on all the platforms you can get on ps4 yes. xbox one you can get on switch if you wanted to It's has it's like kind of the, the skyrim of resident evil it's pretty much everywhere i mean resident evil 4 is more like the skyrim i guess but you can find it almost <laughs> anywhere yeah
1: play resident evil 4 on a ps2 with the chainsaw controller and then
2: you're dude that chainsaw wait controller? there was a chainsaw controller yeah there was Oh yeah, uh, I have uh, one. Right? Have you? Have yeah. I not was shown it PS2 or was it hold just on, GameCube? Hold on, I'm
1: sorry. Hold
0: on. Yeah, go get it, Britt. I feel like you may have shown this off at some point, <laughs> but like I need a visual. I need a visual yeah. representation of what this exactly is—a oh, chainsaw okay. controller. Okay, Britt. Oh, here look. we go. No. We oh,
1: you, go.
0: do you have? Okay, you got it. Yeah. So this is the
1: controller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <whoa.
0: laughs> what? Look down. Wait, can you get it get oh, it a microphone. little clo- Oh there we go. Oh my God, okay, yes. I can see the buttons now. Oh my gosh, like how do you yep. How do you even hold that thing though? Not
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the whole like in the back, you know, oh you can't see.
1: But That's yeah, incredible. Like that it's
0: absolutely okay, so strange. for people who can't hear Brittany because she's very far away Hello, from the microphone, and go. who are listening on podcasts, she is holding a mini chainsaw, and the top of the body of the chainsaw is the where the face buttons are. So imagine if the blade was vertical <laughs> on top there, um, flat is where the um, the sticks and the buttons are, and it looks like there's additional buttons on the side. Yeah, yeah like orange, here's the LT button. Like, fake blood along the blade of the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like it's in some kind of commemorative box with a little label on it. It's incredible. Because it's obviously a collectible. <laughs> um, but it? that's
2: really cool. So how old is that thing? Went, uh, don't, don't, put, don't put your mouth on the blade. <laughs> I didn't. Don't put yourself. I didn't. I almost licked it, but that would have been weird. Oh god, when did this game come out? 2000?
1: Uh, 2002-ish, I thought. Not yeah, right that then.
2: sounds about right. It was way yeah. back in the day. Uh, but yeah. yeah, no, definitely like it's a fun collector's item, but like definitely don't use it to play. <laughs> no,
1: if, <laughs> if it could work.
2: Yeah, it, it, even if it did work, it would probably give you arthritis in like three sessions. So like, don't <laughs> don't do it.
0: Just look at it lovingly on a shelf where it belongs.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. Or in a game <laughs> <Okay>. store <laughs> somewhere.
0: Or or that. It's a yeah. piece of history, really. I think. Yeah. yeah it's a it cool belongs event. in a museum. Right. Yeah. Or my house. Please stay here. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well I I want to talk a little bit about this next question cuz I think it's a great one from Jennifer uh, who wrote in and asked, I love Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I'm worried Valhalla might be too dark in tone and location for me to enjoy. Hmm. Odyssey was often funny, filled with bright colors, and, unpopular opinion, had awesome side quests. I don't think that's <laughs> unpopular. Based off my streams, everybody loved the side quests. I also loved Cassandra. How do you think someone who has only played and loved the most recent Assassin's Creed games will feel about Valhalla? So I've been spending a ton of time with Valhalla. I've probably put about 25 plus hours in over the last couple of days just playing a a bunch of it. And I am with you that I was also worried that it might be too dark. And it definitely has a way more serious vibe than Odyssey did. Now, you can really enjoy that and lean into it as something that feels a little bit more grounded or... You know, you might be looking for something with a little bit more levity, and I get that. I mean, there's been some really serious games this year, and maybe you're not looking for that vibe because your mental health is like looking for rainbows and unicorns. Um, Ironically, there is a rainbow ship pack that you can buy for cosmetics in Assassin's Creed Valhalla that feels very out of tone. It would have felt in tone with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but it just doesn't really quite fit with the vibe of viking fantasy but i i still like it nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. but i think one of the major key differences between avor and cassandra and alexios as characters is that there was a lot of humor in the assassin's creed odyssey quests and dialogue and narrative and there is not a bunch of that here there is some there are some funny quips is particularly in the flighting sequence sequences which is those rhyming battles that you can do which I recommend that you do because you get charm bonuses and then you can use those charm bonuses in conversations to unlock specific narrative options which is cool but overall it's definitely darker and more serious in tone because it's just a different part of history which was interesting because I was talking about this with with Christian and Jeff last night talking about how I I forget as somebody who lives in 2020 just how difficult life was back then and I sometimes judge the way that people make actions in video games based off the way that we live our lives now like it would be 100% unacceptable to go to somebody's house and physically assault them and steal their things yeah, you know. <laughs> Don't you do like that was a way of life for a lot of people back then because in order to survive, you sometimes would just have to physically steal food from people in order to feed yourself if you didn't have the means to like kill animals or grow food on your own. And that to me was hard to grapple with when I first started playing Valhalla because I was really against the raiding and against some of the viking fantasy elements of the game. And then the more I got to know Avor and the more I got to learn kind of about the history of the Vikings, which is so weird because I'm actually, I'm actually wearing my. my oh, Vikings you shirt. are.
1: Because <laughs> oh,
0: we're go. playing the Bears tonight. Uh, Skull. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so Drake household's going to be in turmoil, everybody. Um, but
1: Shout because, out to Drake. Love the guy. Chicago. <laughs> Love it. There we go. Aww.
0: You know, you Chicago people. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, not to get too sidetracked. Um, is that there was a lot about Viking history that I actually just didn't know about. But. It took me a while to really fully understand and appreciate that like it was a different era. It was a different time. Mm -hmm. People had to do really dark things to physically survive. And it kind of almost I don't want to make it feel like apocalyptic because it wasn't. But I mean, it was a time in human history where there was a lot more violence than there is today because people didn't have other ways to solve their problems. And there's a lot of narrative instances in the game that will make you reckon and wrestle with that morality. And I think that that's really exciting, but it is darker. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any qualms about that. Like it's it's true. It is. It's a much darker game than Odyssey.
2: It's interesting you say that because Jason's playing it. I've been watching him play it next to me, and he's never really one who gives a shit about the story of games. He just cares about the gameplay and how fun the combat is, et cetera, et cetera. But then yesterday he had to put his controller down. He was like, "I feel like an asshole." He's like, "I have no idea." why I'm raiding these people, why I'm killing all of these people. I feel like I have no reason to do it. So even he noticed that, which I thought was pretty interesting. So to, you hear, to hear you say all of that right now, I'm like, okay, that is a fascinating kind of concept, I feel like, when it comes to this. Yeah, games and because games the general. rating
0: is a necessary element of the game in the sense that you can only get specific resources to upgrade your personal settlement right. at the expense of taking down somebody else's settlement. So one of the primary raids that you have to do is to raid monasteries, which is again, like you're literally infiltrating Mm. somebody's house of worship and you're murdering the guards that are protecting their assets in order to steal their gold and their other resources so that you can build homes for people in your own settlement. It's like kind of like Galaxy Brain messed up in a way that we don't have to deal with in the year 2020, but that they absolutely had to deal with, like in 400 BCE or whenever this game is set, I have to double check. Um, And so I'm just like, I I get it. It's interesting that Jason also had that. I'm sure we're not the only ones. Oh no.
1: I find it fascinating when you bring this up because when I think of Assassin's Creed, I've obviously always had the left and right of the Templars and the Assassins. But it sounds like it's more much more than that in this. Is that fair to say? Like Um,
0: the, wait, can you repeat saying, that?
1: In terms of like the Assassin's Creed series always always has like the you, you know your clear enemy is the Templars versus like you are. I mean, being yeah, assassins. you're literally
0: assassinating people all the time, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> or at least you had the idea is like, oh they're bad people, so this is why I'm doing it. But it sounds right. like in this game yeah. it's definitely far grayer than that especially with the fact that yeah you're you're it's about your people and stuff like that so yes 100 and yeah.
0: the game is set at, excuse me in 873 ad so yeah. not 400 ad but not too far off sure. just mm-hmm. a couple hundred years later but still like very much <laughs> not the enlightened period of human history <laughs> um, <laughs> and i think what makes it different is that you are a norseman infiltrating england where saxons are living and you're essentially going into their villages and taking things from them so that you can set up your camp because you've run out of resources in your home of Norway. And in order to, for your clan to survive, you have to move to literally more greener pastures. <laughs> um, and to do that, you know, it means you have to take down these other people. Now, I haven't found a way to do it non-lethally because when you raid, you bring in your ship of you know, homeboys and girls, and they go about killing people. Like, you can't stop them. So even if yeah. you as Eivor choose to try to not kill people, like, everybody else in your clan is going to, and there will be situations where you have to murder people. You can't play this entire game non-lethally. And that's just going to be something that you as the player have to decide if you're okay with the fantasy of video game violence. Again, this is a goes back to a, an age-old conversation about video games, or if it's something that you don't want to experience. You'd just rather not. And it's totally okay if you're like, you know what? That doesn't sound like an experience that I want right now. I want maybe a Peggle 2 experience instead. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> There's so yeah. much violence in Peggle 2, though. So oh, much violence.
0: Man. man. Those poor pegs. But it's got a great unicorn. Oh, 100%. Unicorns.
2: <laughs> so good. Go. I think my favorite is the crab guy who flips the, little, the ball <laughs> on the yes. sides. Yes. Anywho, yeah, it's an interesting, it's still interesting conversation, and like Andrea said, it's totally okay depending on how you're feeling. Because I remember when Doom came out, Doom Eternal, I like tried playing it, and I just couldn't. And I had been so excited for that game. It was because it was too intense. It was like too violent, which is like a weird thing for me to say because I love like Resident Evil and like all this other shit. But yeah, it was just too intense of a game for that moment. And I think now I'm probably at a place where I feel like okay, going back and playing it. But if not, that's okay. Plus, that game's just hard.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Animal Crossing at that time was like taking up my life. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yes. Good old Animal Crossing. Except I'm having an impossible time getting my mushroom DIY and I'm very upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, the mushroom saga continues. Uh, I know. I have plenty of mushrooms, just no recipes. I'm so sad. (laughs) So sad. Anyway, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, We (laughs) are getting to the end of our show. Mario, I want to thank you for For joining us. Um, If people want to follow your work and check out what you guys do at Dual Shockers, where can they do that?
1: Uh, Yes, you can follow my work at youtube.com slash Dual Shockers, where you will see both editorials, uh, previews, reviews. I will be doing a Miles Morales video very, very shortly. There's actually um, a panel I'm trying to build uh, where there'll be voices that you will see in the community um, talking about Miles Morales. I'm saying that now, hoping that everyone commits properly. <laughs> 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 um, but ultimately, yes, I, I will love to have that out uh, very, very shortly. And uh, of course, you can also find me at That Mario Vera on Twitter where you are, You can harass me like uh, Brittany did when I uh, oh, said yeah. that I wanted to be on shows. So you know, Yeah, you, you listed
2: all these shows you wanted to be on and what's good was nowhere to be found. I'm like, this kid needs some shit flipped his way. <laughs> and that's what I did. Yes. Yeah. And everything. now here
0: you are. I know, with right? Shit on your face. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: God.
1: That is a clip. That is a clip. That's no, going to go in my reel. No,
0: no, come on. Come on now. Um, but no, it, was gr- it was great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, we'll be back later in the week, everybody. We hope that you have a happy Monday and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>